This is a podcast from Rover. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Jay and Dunk. Michelle, welcome to our segment One in a Million. Uh, what's the one in a million thing that has happened to you? I've managed to lose over 100 kilos in the past year. Oh so I'm pretty proud of that. Oh, my God. 100 kilos of body weight, I'm assuming you're talking about? I didn't uh, lose- no, Jay, she's dealing cocaine and she's had a <laughs> very good year. <laughs> <laughs> so talk us through the process. So pretty much I came to a pretty rough point with my weight and actually was diagnosed with diabetes um, as well as having some other medical issues. And it was like, I can't keep doing this to myself. So it was a bit of one of those mental mental health things which we all need to take care of for ourselves and sort of find the right way to get there. So I ended up working with a doctor and a dietitian, doing my daily exercise. I was doing meal replacements and had support to make sure I was eating well and taking care of my mind, um, which is just so important. Um, so I started at about 190 kilos, pretty big there, um, and then... At about 150, I was like, this is just, you know, I've, I've lost you know, nearly 50 kilos now and decided that the right thing for me was to actually have a um, gastric bypass. Yes. Um, so then I had that at 141 kilos and I'm now sitting at 86 kilos. Wow. You, you have literally lost me. Which is a hundred kilos Gee, of just average average life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Can we rewind back to the start when you were hundred and ninety kilos? What did your typical day look like for food intake? Um, I was actually a person that didn't eat well, as in I would not eat breakfast, I would not eat lunch. Generally, would eat at well at home, but I was also having the challenge of binge eating disorder. Uh, so I would end up spending all my money on one meal at the end of the day and then go home and have a healthy meal. And that was part of trying to get the head game in gear. So it definitely could be days where I would have a massive binge. Yeah. I could be fine for months and then I could have days and days of just terrible binging um, because I was emotionally eating and that was part of not managing my mental health very well and things like that. So... Uh, you know, you try and plug the holes with food and that's not always the best way to deal with challenges in life and everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, but but I definitely had days where I could pretty much go to four different, if it was a bad day and I was eating on a weekend, it could be multiple orders of anything from any different takeaway place. And when you have a bad food habit, you would go to a different food place just so they didn't see you there every day. So you just pick a different place to go. Um, wow. so they don't pull you up on it. <laughs> like, first and foremost, congratulations. Like, yeah, that is amazing. absolutely phenomenal. Like, amazing. Not only should you be incredibly proud of yourself, this is the equivalent of having alcoholism. This is the equivalent of having a methamphetamine addiction. This is the equivalent of being a recidivist uh, offender and drink driving or abuse or whatever it is. Like, You have managed to completely turn your life around. And so I think the first thing is that you identify that there was a problem and then you took steps to actually remedy that problem, which a lot of people don't ever probably acknowledge. And have you found that as a result of your physical health, that your mental health is now infinitely better? 100%. That's that's absolutely it. It is an addictive disorder. 
you know, it's something that I had been trying to get support for for a long time. And I'd had times where I'd lose 70 kilos, 50 kilos all by myself, but then I would regain it back. So I would have a roller coaster of every two to three years losing, you know, half of what I was. And as my weight went up, obviously I'd have to lose more and more. I'd lose it and then I'd gain more than I'd lost. Um, so it would keep going up. But, you know, my habit used to be to fill the hole with food. And now I find I'm able to talk about my challenges better, communicate better with my partner and my family. I'm dealing a lot better at work. I'm dealing a lot better at home. And that I'm taking healthier steps to how to deal with the things that used to be triggers for me. And that's been a huge thing. Like I say that I look at the pictures and I see myself so differently now. But it's also that mental thing I see in myself that's changed. My coping mechanisms, the way I look at the world is so much more positive. And even if it's a really hard time, you know, at the moment we've got COVID, we've got, I'm getting married in two weeks' time. Congrats! (laughs) (laughs) Got all these big things happening in life. I'm still on top of it. I'm keeping myself in control. I'm keeping myself in check and um, able to do the right things for myself, my mind, my body, my family. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a mission, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> this is a Dunk's got, um, Dunk's got goosebumps. He's standing up on end. That is, that's an amazing story that, that, can, that can move us like that. I suppose, look, congratulations. You've, yeah, you've dropped 100 kilos to pick up 100 kilos of useless luggage and marriage. Uh, that's, it's something to really look forward to. If you could look back, I guess, because a lot of people might be in the exact same boat at the moment going, what were those first steps? What were the first things that you did to get you moving? And what is it that you do every single day to make sure that you're still on that uh, steadfast and true path? I think it's the biggest thing is telling yourself you're worth it and you deserve it. There's a lot of people that don't put enough care into themselves and you kind of put yourself on the back seat. I know sometimes, you know, being a woman, sometimes you have the thing about being running your family and, you know, you work and you're trying to balance everything. And it was really that I had to realise I'm worth it and I can't be what I need to be for my loved ones if I don't take care of me. And that's just been so important, putting yourself first sometimes. You know, I deserve an hour to go to the gym. I deserve to go and get that really nice chicken that I really want from the shop or go and get that fancy protein restaurant meal that I've wanted for a while because you deserve to give yourself those treats that are good for you and make you feel happy and everything. <laughs> Jeez, it's, it's, an, it's so inspiring. Inspiring really stuff. Is. And I think what you touched on there is so important because I've definitely found that since having kids. It's, uh, you've, it feels impossible to carve out that time for yourself. But the time you carve out for yourself is the most valuable time that you can spend during the day because that's the bit that gets your head right. Uh, over the whole journey, when you look back at it, for someone that's listening right now, and there is a lot of people in New Zealand that are obese, where was the hard part of the journey as far as how many months in where you were like, oh, man, and when did you feel like you were getting incremental gains and you were just absolutely starting to just knock down the hurdles? Um, I definitely think the hardest bit was the beginning. 100%. The, the start is the hardest, just trying to you know, get yourself motivated. But if you do it the right way, you seek your support. You tell, you know, I, I'm not ashamed of the fact I've had surgery to support me because I knew that's what I physically needed. When you're that big, you need support. But definitely, I'd say in the last, pretty much since I lost half of my body weight or hit that sort of about 95 kilos less, I definitely have felt the momentum pick up. Like I'm I'm a teacher, I have a busy job, I can jump, I can run, I can 
do all those things that it was sort of at the beginning I'd shy away from doing some of the more physical stuff and I'd make it look like I was doing it, but I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I'm a really good actor. But, um, <laughs> That's what teaching is. <laughs> but definitely um, in, the, in the last sort of since I hit that 100 kilos less, you know, my physicality of people were starting to definitely almost not even recognize me um, anymore in comparison to what they used to remember that I only have a little while to go to get to where my surgeon wants me to be and then in the future, you know, wherever I end up is where I end up but all I know is I'm a hundred times healthier than I was before and that to me means more than anything is to, to be able to be there for my partner, be there for my kids, be there for my family and, and my students as well. It's it's about taking care of me so I can do the best of it what I can in my life. Um, can I, um, and you'll probably agree, but um, apologies if you find this offensive. When people um, have had gastric bypass surgery, I think there's a tendency uh, for people to go, oh, yeah, but they got their stomach banded. Like, um, yeah, they lost weight. Oh, but they did it that way. But it's not actually about losing the weight. It's about being healthy again. Like, there shouldn't be that stigma to having gastric bypass surgery whatsoever because the end goal is to be healthy. It doesn't actually matter how you get there. And like you said as well, um, you actually needed that little extra boost, which so many people do when they're losing enormous amounts of weight. Yeah, there, there is a stigma. And some people at the beginning were like, why? You've Because obvi- by the time I told people, I'd already lost 50 kilos. And they said, yeah. well, why don't you just keep doing what you're doing? But the thing is actually biologically, there's a process that happens that your body gets to a point you can no longer exercise any more than you currently am or eat less than you will. If you're only eating 800 calories a day, you can't really get any less than that. So there's actually a lot of biological science between why people that are super, because I was super morbidly obese. It was my only superpower, super morbidly (laughs) obese. And to be able to do that, you know, you do need that extra support. So for me, that was a way that I chose to support me with my maintaining because I knew I could lose. I've lost weight so many times in such large amounts. But my maintaining was difficult. But even before my surgery, my diabetes had basically gone to sleep. <laughs> so it was no longer relevant even before my surgery um, because of what I'd been, the choices I'd been making prior to that. But I think if it's something that's in people's minds, do their research. I'm not ashamed of it. For me, it's, it's saved my life. So how can you be mad or judge someone on someone making a decision that's huge to save their lives. Yeah, 100%. You are one in a million, but I guarantee that you've inspired millions more. So thank you so much for putting in the mahi and uh, we'll make sure that those are healthy treats that we all get to share. (laughs) Yeah, come Christmas time, we'll whip out the protein. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, Michelle, enjoy those kale chips. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're, we're, I mean, not not that it even counts at all, but I mean, we're incredibly proud of you because we need incredible role models like you to be able to go on this journey and show that it can be done. You're, um, you're carving a path that not too many have managed to, to walk along. Not to mention, like, are you saying that you now don't have the same complications with diabetes as you did pre-surgery, pre-weight loss? 
So they're just yes. like you've give completely through lifestyle uh, and medical intervention to a certain extent. But you said before the medical intervention, you managed to reverse yourself out of that situation, like that medical condition that had come about because yep. of it. And I think that people people need to understand that. Like nothing's ever done. Like you are able to reverse your way out. I'm trying to reverse very slowly, clip the wing mirrors, early doors, backing out <laughs> of a, a a long twenty years of absolutely bending my body into a terrible shape. But it can be done. Yeah, it's they just got to stick to it and work at it. And everyone has setbacks as well. There are days that are going to be hard. There's going to be weeks that are hard. Just keep plodding along, a step at a time, day at a time, meal at a time, baby steps first. Just do a little bit of extra walking from your car to the supermarket or white bread to brown bread. It's, it's just all those little micro steps that can make big changes over the long run. Michelle, what an incredible story. Yeah. Um, like Jay said, we obviously appreciate you for sharing it um, and, and for being so bloody inspiring. And you're 100% right. That is a one in a million thing that's happened to you because that is a shit ton of weight. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Jay and Dunk.